G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. As we do on a Thursday, always good to catch up with Ashley Saunders, the National Director of Family Voice Australia, who is right there in the deep end with everything that's going on so far as the marriage debate goes. Ashley Saunders, welcome back to 2020. Uh, Thank you, Neil. It's great to be with you. Well, actually, there's a number of countdowns going on. Uh, people will be thinking, well, the 15th of November, that's the day when the plebiscite survey is going to be announced. But, of course, uh, votes have got to be in a week or so before that. And there is also a countdown on, a limited number of days left to request a survey form. Uh, what is the deadline and uh, and how do you see that and how important is it for people to, to get their survey in? Well, it's very important to get their survey in because uh, roughly 30% of eligible Australians have yet to participate in the survey and it's really important to to get out that vote uh, and for people to be engaged, for people to understand that there are serious consequences uh, and uh, that it's okay to vote no. In terms of the Australian Bureau of Statistics, The deadline to request a survey form is just eight days away uh, and that closes at 6pm on the 20th of October. And so if uh, there are listeners who have lost their survey, um, they received it but they don't know where they put it and they know they haven't participated, please get onto the ABS, uh, ring the number or uh, go onto their website abs.gov.au and request a, a new one. If you're worried that it's gone missing, if you're worried that uh, that uh, someone else has filled it out for you, then again, I urge you to get onto the um, uh, ABS either by telephone or on their website. Request a new survey form uh, because it really is important that uh, that as many people as possible participate. Uh, in this uh, postal survey. You know, it's as early as just late last week I was talking to someone and they said, oh, I haven't got my form yet. It just hasn't arrived. And uh, they did make a request and the ABS was able to furnish them with another survey form. So uh, that sort of thing does happen. And I think there's a bit of a process to go through that because there are obviously security issues. But if you haven't got your form yet, this is the time to do it, isn't it, Ashley? Uh, Yes, it is, because... uh uh, allowing a, a few days in the mail each way, um, the, the, the very last day that the ABS will issue new survey forms or replacement survey forms is just eight days away on the uh, the 20th of October, so that's next Friday at, at 6pm. You mentioned uh, there's about 30% of eligible Australians who haven't yet voted. When we come down to the hard uh, figures, uh, the numbers, crunching numbers, uh, works out to about 10 million Australians have already uh, put their uh, survey ballot form in, but that means there's still about 6 million or so that haven't. Uh, that's still a lot of people who haven't voted, Ashley. Uh, yes, it is. And um, uh, Australians are not used to um, a political campaign where the first thing you have to do is actually encourage people to be involved. 
And so this is something new for Australia to be involved in something that's voluntary. Um, in terms of voluntary participation around the world, what we've got here in Australia already isn't bad. Uh, but uh, I do urge as many people as possible. And so if there are some listeners and you know you haven't yet got involved, get involved and uh, remember it's okay uh, to vote no. But what it does do in terms of the numbers, it puts a lie uh, to the claim um, weeks ago that 80% had already voted and that it was already a done deal. Uh, if, if, if marriage is to be preserved in Australia through this process, uh, then it will be over the next um, couple of weeks in these uh, last few days as people who become aware of the serious consequences get involved uh, in the campaign. Let me ask you about one of the effects of tinkering with uh, a definition of marriage and bringing confusion to the way that uh, we've understood marriage to work uh, now uh, since the dawn of time. There's a, and I'm not sure whether this is a novelty, Ashley. Uh, you might be able to fill me in on whether it's uh, it's more than a novelty. But there's this thing called sologamy, a mashup between solo and monogamy. And it sounds to me like a novelty thing and someone's just got a headline. Uh, but it seems that there may be more to it. What, is, what are your thoughts about the rise of this idea of sologamy or people making a commitment to themselves? and not thinking about marriage at all. Um, as if Western society wasn't sufficiently self-focused. You know, we've got selfies. We used to take photos of other people standing in front of places that we'd visited. Uh, now we're obsessed with taking photos of ourselves. We're obsessed with talking about ourselves as if society wasn't already sufficiently self-focused. Now uh, there's this idea of sologamy. And uh, as you've, you've mentioned... Um, it, uh, it is the idea that uh, I commit myself to myself. And, uh, and so um, it is particularly prevalent uh, amongst uh, females. Uh, it is the idea that um, uh, I don't need anyone else in my life. Um, I commit myself to myself. And there's even some online stories about people um, throwing up a mirror and um, making vows themselves as they look at themselves in the mirror um, and uh, it really is you mess with marriage uh, you mess with an understanding of what it means to enter into a relationship with the other um, uh, as you do in man woman marriage as God intended you start messing with that uh, and uh, you, you open you open the can up to all manner of things uh, including this incredible uh, focus on self uh, rather than focusing on the other. Um, you know, when I was a preacher, uh, not that long ago, whenever I preached about love, uh, I felt that I needed to stop and say, as a bit of an aside, and let's talk about what love is. Because the way that we use and understand the word love, even in Australia, is entirely different to what love really means. Because when most people think about love, they think about what pleases me, what makes me happy, what fulfills me. Uh, in a sense, that's the traditional definition of lust. Whereas love is something that's characterized by selflessness, by service and by sacrifice. And, uh, and so the idea of love isn't what makes me happy. It's about contributing to the other. And uh, we need to, uh, in many ways, even in the church, I think, re rediscover what we really mean by love and uh, this whole idea that I can 
make a commitment to myself because uh, I, I really like the way that I'm so selfless and giving uh, and, and all the rest of it. Um, yeah, I can understand people who've been hurt in relationships uh, wanting to get a grip on themselves, wanting to heal. I can understand that. What I don't understand um, is this obsession with self uh, and now there are there are packages that you can buy uh, to help you with your sologamy. Uh, there are um, dresses that you can buy as like a wedding dress. It's just disgusting. It's it's terrible. Uh, and uh, self focus uh, is um, uh, taking is nowhere good. I think Neil. Interestingly, to reflect a little more deeply on this sort of thing, Ashley, because it may be that the LGBTQI push for same-sex marriage might not be the only contributor to this because uh, there is a sense, isn't there, in which you and I might have a view of what marriage is because we have a biblical Christian foundation and lots of wonderful traditions that make that a wonderful uh, ceremony and then a lifelong commitment uh, to people one to another. But marriage in the broader community, which is separated from the church and from that biblical foundation, is so much watered down that some of the depth of meaning has been lost. And so, uh, so the rise of this idea of sologamy, it's, it's as though uh, there's all sorts of things that people are trying to find fulfillment, but they haven't uh, captured the depth of understanding about what a real marriage is. Yeah, you're not wrong about that. And um, uh, and society, instead of redefining marriage, really needs to rediscover marriage, to rediscover it in all its fullness and uh, wonder and beauty. Uh, and uh, and when we do that, uh, my view is that that will be good for all society. Um, you, you, you can't tell me, for example, that um, redefining marriage to remove a gender requirement will be the end of the LGBT agenda, because it isn't. They acknowledge that themselves. Uh, you can't. Um, you can't tell me that any bisexual who's part of the LGBT agenda believes that um, marriage between two people is is equality. Um, we we have the rise of polyamorous relationships uh, in Australia, and only a few months ago there was um, a, a threesome who were featured in a Queensland-based newspaper, uh, a man and two women, um, saying we have the ideal marriage and family. One of um, the women had uh, given birth to his child and the other either was or was hoping to get pregnant uh, with his child. And, um, and they, were, they were advocating this as the way that families should go. In Colombia, not that long ago, three men were legally married um, because, um, because they, they wanted to commit themselves as a threesome. Um, you know, you cannot tell me that redefining marriage to remove a gender requirement is the end of it. It's, it's in a sense, uh, it's not the start. The start happened some time ago, uh, but it's just another step along the way. And indeed, uh, in Britain, um, the Minister for Equalities, I think we were talking about this last week, the Minister for Equalities is saying that, um, uh, that, that churches really need to um, keep up with modern attitudes, and so pressure is being put on, uh, on churches to conform to this new agenda and, um, and in terms of the Minister for Equalities in Britain saying that you can change your legal gender by filling out a form without any need for uh, medical consultation or advice, that this is all about pursuing uh, the decades of LGBT agenda uh, of which same-sex marriage is just one component. 
Well, we're going to be talking quite a bit this morning about the politics behind what's happening here. Uh, You've been observing a number of uh, different people, things that they've been writing to, and a little more generally, there's a Conservative MP in New South Wales who's been writing about the decline of Western culture. Uh, What sort of things has he been writing about, Ashley? Well, it's a very provocative heading. He asks the question, what's left of Western culture? And he answers it by saying just about everything. What he's really saying is that um, the Western culture has taken an enormous shift uh, towards the left. And so that there has been this long march through the institutions. There's been this, this long infiltration of uh, media and schools and universities, government departments, politicians, uh, arts and media, uh, all of the influence, uh, influences uh, in society ha- have all been part of this, this gradual um, shift to, um, uh, to the left. And, and part of, part of the, 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 the writing that this Conservative MP does, he notes that, um, uh, th- that a prominent Marxist took the view that you cannot, you, you cannot totally achieve a socialist outcome until you break down the institutions, including the church and including marriage. And uh, he highlights by going uh, through different things how that there has been this long march uh, all towards the uh, the Marxist agenda. And uh, and you know Ros Ward in um, in safe schools in Victoria. Um, you know, she um, very publicly and unashamedly pursues that uh, that Marxist agenda as part of her LGBT agenda as well. And uh, the MP you're talking about, Damien Tudorhope, and there'll be many MPs who are reflecting on this uh, political change that has happened in Australia. Uh, I imagine that uh, you can simply Google a lot of that sort of thing and you can come up with a lot of uh, either good articles or maybe not so good. Uh, but yeah, that's I, right. Uh, and in fact, uh, in Sydney University, they've got a campaign which they call Unlearn. I mean, what amazing. But, <clears throat> pardon me, Neil, the, the University of Sydney, this respected institution, um, under, the, under the guise of saying, question everything and start from scratch... Their publications or their their promotion of this unlearn uh, campaign is all about uh, is all about um, uh, pro LGBT, uh, pro um, Islamic influence, and all sorts of things. And so, uh, to think that a respected university is saying unlearn, question absolutely everything, uh, what an amazing uh, thing for an institution of learning to be to be saying to their prospective students. Yes. Well, Ashley Saunders, always valuable input. And uh, thank you once again for taking some time to update listeners on some of the things that are going on and uh, some of these deeper issues and encourage people to go to the Family Voice Australia website uh, where there's some great resources on understanding some of the deeper issues here. Ashley Saunders, thanks for being with us again today on 2020. Uh, All the best to you and your listeners. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.